0: To episode 11 of the Into Three Hours podcast. My name is Sarah Pendergrass, and I'm here with my amazing co host, Kristen Vorton.
1: Hello. And we also have what is finally a settled black dog to my right hand side <laughs> <laughs> coming back in the home studio.
0: So, yeah, we are joined by our, um, he's becoming a co host, really, Bear.
1: Mm. <laughs> Bear on the sofa. <laughs> Just making sure we stay on track with everything. <laughs>
0: so, today it is Kristen and I again, and Bear. Um, and the intention today is to celebrate Kristen, who less than 24 hours ago ran 100 kilometers at the Blackwall 100. Congratulations! Thank you. Freaking amazing. So we're going to have a little chat about that and your perspective on running 100Ks. So we would like to start really with just a quick check in in terms of the podcast and a massive thank you for everyone for your continued support. It's just been so nice whenever we release episodes, getting little messages and comments and We're just super grateful for all of you. So thank you.
1: Yeah, really, really fun. Thank you from both of us for the messages. And I love it when people are like, oh, yes, it's new podcast day and getting either messages or people in person. It's been, yeah, like, again, if you're listening or not, we're still here. (laughs) But it's it's fun to know that people are listening. (laughs) Pretty much our tagline. (laughs) My aunt, actually, who is not at all technologically, um, you know, savvy by any means she wrote me a pen like a letter oh. <laughs> saying that my mom had set her up with that so like my whole extended family is now definitely listening which is super fun
0: <laughs> oh my gosh I also love that she handwrites writes you letters yeah, nice, yeah.
1: and she always sends a little like she'll usually find a photo so it was from my grandma who's passed away but yeah she's like oh I found this photo I thought you'd like it so she sends everything through it's pretty cute yeah (laughs)
0: that's so cute wow a a snail mail listener yes that's cool shout out aunt Laura (laughs) (laughs) I love that that's really cool Um, and then we did put up a, a post recently just in terms of if there's anybody that you have in mind not Kristen being you, but you the listener, Um, in terms of a guest that you would like to hear from, whether it's like an everyday athlete or adventurer who's done some cool stuff. I'm conscious and it, it came up in conversation actually with a friend who said, oh, we're all about endurance and we're not all about endurance sport. I think it's mainly come about as a result of us and our friendship base and our contacts really. And we are obviously really passionate about that, but it doesn't necessarily need to be that. So if anyone does have anyone that they think, oh yeah, that would be cool to to hear from and have a conversation with, do do you let us know.
1: Definitely, there's a couple people who have reached out, and we're you know trying to get in touch with some of those people and line some podcasts up. So thank you for the recommendations; it's awesome. We do have a few people lined up, but it's nice to get a get a few more ideas. It certainly is.
0: Yeah. So thank you so much for your support. Like Kristen says, we'd be doing this anyway. It's still super fun,
1: but we are really grateful.
0: And I was shocked actually when someone noticed that we release on a two-weekly schedule. I was like, whoa, (laughs) Uh uh-oh, pressure. People are paying attention.
1: (laughs) Maybe hence why we're here. (laughs) Keep that listener (laughs) happy. We're like, ooh, we need to get an episode in. Well, (laughs) But it's fun. It's it's a fun opportunity to do. So, like, I I don't mean that as a, yeah.
0: (laughs) We are here to celebrate your achievement and to learn more about running 100Ks. That being said, it is a good point in that, we do typically record and then bank episodes. And so this will be the soonest we've ever released one after recording, but it means it's going to be very current.
1: Very current, yes. And because I don't want to toss this off to the side either, Sarah has also been away for quite a bit doing her own epic adventure, which of course we will follow up with as well. But very respectfully, she's like, look, I'm just not in this frame of mind to talk about it, which is fine because when we talk about a, a day you know, for anybody running The Black All, it's a day, right? Most of the time it's not going to be over 24 hours, for example. But to do 10 days, like, that's a lot of mind power to think back on because I'd be asking you all those questions. So it's it's quite a lot so we'll get to Sarah everybody who is keen to listen to her we definitely haven't put that off to the side
0: <laughs> we will and I do confess I did say to Kristen "Look, I had days of seeing nobody and not talking to anyone but myself and yesterday I was crewing at Blackhall and spoke to more people than I've spoken to in like the last month so I'm happy that we get to interview you and have a conversation about your success. So, um, we are going to start with quickfire questions in the spirit of the podcast. all right? So the first one, Kristen, and obviously you can answer with a long answer
1: <laughs> No pineapple on pizza.
0: I literally wrote pineapple on pizza,
1: ha. Huh? <laughs> I had pizza at the last aid station, so at 92K, I had a pepperoni pizza, and I honestly, my heart dropped, because when it opened, one of the cheeses looked like pineapple, I'm like... (laughs) don't you freaking tell me that this is pineapple pizza. (laughs) But it was, thankfully, pepperoni. I could get it down. (laughs) I would have loved that. It would have been fine. Like, honestly, I'm not that bad. I just would have picked it off. But it just would have been hilarious if she had opened it up and it was Hawaiian pizza.
0: (laughs) I would have been impressed if at 92Ks you were that discerning that you were like, no, I'm not going to have the pizza
1: because it's pineapple. So admittedly, what I do is I generally just eat the pineapple first and then I'll eat the pizza. So I just don't want it on there. Yeah. I just don't want, I don't like pineapple with cheese. That's my big concern here. Whereas I do like pineapple and I love pizza. I just, (laughs) again, I don't want it on the pizza at the same time as the cheese. So anyways.
0: (laughs) See, I love how that wasn't even really a question and you made it long. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so getting to the real quick part questions. <laughs> Kristen, how far did you run yesterday? I
1: ran a hundred kilometers, point three.
0: <laughs> Hells yeah. Point
1: three. Well, my watch told me point three anyway, so I've got, you know, I'm gonna I've got an email already written out to Brett going <laughs> the get yourself sorted. I went when point three longer than I made to. <laughs> I think my step count when we got home, I was like hundred and thirty-eight thousand and six hundred and Something steps. (laughs) Whoa.
0: That's pretty incredible. Pretty cool. Oh my goodness. It's funny you say about the point three. Now I'm going to extend this. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think someone was talking about Run Rabbit Run. Like if it's maybe it's 100 miles in the US. But there was like an extra um, like... Six six miles or ten k or something oh, on their geez. race, and so the last aid station. It was actually David Roche was talking on the Swap Pack podcast, just saying everyone. It's like they've run a hundred miles and they're like, I cannot do this last stretch because it's such a head game, it's right?
1: A it's a huge like, head game. I showed up for a hundred miles and I've done it. It's like yeah. where is the finish line? I always thought it was a little bit rude that UTMB is one hundred and six miles, mm. like.
0: Just like
1: go easy on those guys, they've already
0: done a hundred. An incredible one. It's such a trail thing, though, as well. You know, if you ran Sunny Coast Marathon, it was anything over 42.2, like we'd it just wouldn't happen, right? Whereas yeah. trail, it's like, oh, my watch says I'm there, but there's no sign of the finisher. Exactly. Anyway, um, what was your pre-race meal yesterday?
1: Oh, uh, I had, this is going to like horrify my parents, but I had Vegemite, like a little bit of butter and Vegemite on um, uh, little rice crackers with some peanut butter and honey as well. So a couple nice. of those, that, a banana. You know when bananas are not quite right oh, and no. it's like just that just sticks to your teeth and stuff like a little bit of a, a vomit from Sarah oh, look, like yeah it was I, it was awful it was awful so
0: <laughs> along with karaoke like the texture of banana I can't deal with it. oh just full stop yeah no oh, okay. I would never just like peel a banana and eat, eat oh it. I lo-
1: like I've got oh, a banana man. almost every day nope. ding, ding, non, right <laughs> so yeah these ones it was just like I had Phil Get some bananas on the way home because we had just run out of them. Like, oh, I need it before before the race. It was the worst, worst idea ever. Yeah, it was so bad. (laughs) It's
0: a good test for your stomach, though, to start with. Exactly. Okay. Um. So you have two border collies. One of them here is here bear. The other is moose. While you were running yesterday, did you channel bear or moose energy? Bear all day long.
1: They showed up at the start line, and Moose was just, like, so overwhelmed. He just started squealing, which he only does when people come over to the house. He just goes... (laughs) Like, it's this weird bark, like he did it to Sarah when she came over. He's like, I don't know to be scared of you. We're super excited that you're here. And so he was doing that because everybody was excited and talking up Mm. at this kind of level. And so he gets really overwhelmed by that energy. Mm. Um, And then Bear, when I had to hand Bear back off to Phil, like, all right, love you, sweetie. See you later. He's like, no, no, no. Like, he kept wanting to pull back to me. (laughs) So yeah, Bear is, we were just noting, he's almost 10 years old. I reckon he could have done the 100k with me. I reckon he could have For done sure. as well. For sure. And yeah. I'm
0: pretty sure I would have happily handed nest an to anyone at the checkpoints as
1: well to, to cover it up too. Does <laughs> she have endurance?
0: Uh, to be honest, I've been careful in terms of yeah. testing her. So we haven't done anything super long, but... Yes, she is definitely showing signs of having endurance.
1: Yeah. She could definitely have done the twenty-one k, yes. like blistering speed at the twenty-one k. I reckon she would have killed it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's match our dogs up to, yeah. to run Blacko <laughs> Moose. He could be the support crew. <laughs> no, I'm. I need to give him more credit. He did so much training with me. Moose, yeah, that's right? He's love been you, man. Bless <laughs> awesome. him.
0: Okay, so while you were running, did you listen to music, podcasts, or just nature?
1: Uh, mostly nature. Once I got to the 70k, my treat for myself was that I could put headphones in. Yeah. Nice. So it was just before getting to the Checkpoint 5 at the dam. That, yeah. yeah, and I just popped in headphones. I listened to the Swap podcast oh, cool. because I was like, oh, the energy is going to just be like, you know, buzzing through me. <laughs> David and Megan Rose. <laughs> And I just let it play into the next one. It was Jason Koop who was talking about long-term potential effects of endurance. I'm like, oh, that's ironic. (laughs) super relevant right now. (laughs) But then my phone started to die. I think because it was constantly trying to find um, signal throughout the the bluff. I should have turned it on airplane mode, so it was going to die. So once I got around the dam, I put some music on just to get myself to CP4 Mm. for the second time before I headed home. So yeah, I got some beats going nice. just to pump me up. Yeah, but mostly nature. Yeah,
0: yeah, cool, love it. Um, so you just mentioned this kilometer seventy there. If you had come across a genie at kilometer seventy, what three things would you have wished for?
1: New legs, <laughs> new feet, <laughs> and. Probably more Zooper dupers. Just someone to follow me yeah. around with Zooper dupers and the um, the sprays that they had just yeah. to like soak you down and cool stuff. You down. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Super <laughs> dupers is such a good idea. It'd be so nice and cold. It'd be so good. Um, I've got a few of these actually. What have we got? What shall I go for next? Okay, simple one just for the gear curious people. What was your trail shoe of choice?
1: Uh, I was running in Hoka challengers. Um, but I probably would have changed that for next year. Um, I think they just didn't give me enough cushion and support for my feet. Mm. Um, really super light, awesome shoe, like really, really nice for a lot of people, but it probably just, I probably knew it in training as well. It just wasn't super suited to what I needed for Mm. my plantar fasciitis stuff. Yeah. Okay. Good learning. Mm
0: um okay two more then did you have any kind of mantra that you used during the race
1: Mm. Uh, a friend told me for my first black all which I think I think he even told me no 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 it was my first 100 I was gonna say it might have been the first 50 um the first 100k that I did first half don't be an idiot so don't go too fast get your hydration get your nutrition like that's how I take it and don't be an idiot second Mm -hmm. half don't be a wimp (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i love this yeah yeah it's... and you can apply it to anything you can do a 5k you can do all the way up to 100k like it can be anything right like Don't mess up the first half to get through your second half. But then second half, like, just get it done. (laughs) Yeah, indeed.
0: The longer you're out there, the longer you're out there. Exactly. That's a cool one. I do remember you telling me that. It must have been like in previous years. Yeah, I absolutely love it. Nice. Okay, and final one. I thought about asking you to compliment yourself, but I thought I'll I'll take a different slant on that um, compassion thing. And just ask you to tell us something that you are grateful for right now.
1: Mm, uh, just grateful for my body. Like that was really cool what it did for me yesterday. Um coming from like I, I didn't really have any business running 100k <laughs> but my body and my mind both got me through and I'm really grateful for that and I'm um, yeah
0: <laughs> I, I would just like to pull you up on the not having any business to run 100 kilometers
1: since I know it's the whole point <laughs> <laughs> this
0: segment is about compassion and gratitude
1: <laughs> and you just Damn criticized <laughs> yourself <laughs> okay so I'm grateful for my body and mind
0: <laughs> Thank you. And we will talk about your background, your experience, and all the reasons that you did have business running a hundred Ks. Yes, I get to do that to you. <laughs> this is the worst. <laughs> I'm so (laughs) uncomfortable. Okay, so how about we zoom out and instead of your origin story, let's talk a little bit about Blackwall 100. Would you like to tell us what you know about the race and also your history with it?
1: Yeah, well, I think Blackwall's actually been going on since about 2014 from what I saw. Yeah, so Brett and Megan own run Queensland and they've been doing that ever since. Um, The course starts at the QCCC in Mapleton, which is in the hinterland of the Sunshine Coast. Uh, You go out to Condalilla Falls, which is part of that national park. Um, You come back around. So a lot of, maybe the first like 30K is uh, quite a lot on roads. Mm -hmm. Um, And then once you kick into doing, now, do you say Girola or Girola or Uh, Gorilla?
0: (laughs) I chop and change, but I tend to go with Girola. Okay. I have no idea. I've
1: got no clue. anybody who can pull us up on this, the actual pronunciation, I call it the Girola. Yeah, Loop. (laughs) I don't know what is it like G H W R U W L A or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And so you go through there. Uh. Yeah. Like, it's mostly kind of down in that little gully section. Then you come up the bluff. So the bluff is maybe like this two to three k climb. And you look at and you're like, man, it can't be that bad, right? But you look at the elevation going through all of your hundred k stuff because there's some hills in it too. Mm, It's I think the well, The elevation I got on my watch is I think it was 3200, yeah, but me my, yeah. give, or, give or take in meters, yeah, for everybody. Um, there's quite a lot of climbing in it, but that bluff when you look at the elevation ascent in it is quite like that is substantial. You go from very bottom to very top of your topographic, like little graph that it gives you, and it is a switchback climb totally, yeah, and it's so. Uh, and <laughs> it's
0: always hot <laughs> and there's like a false summit as well right like <laughs> every time it gets <laughs> right yeah
1: you're like i've done this so many times but it always has the false summit so anyways keeps going around um Gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> <G-loop. laughs> you get to mapleton uh the like days area you go out to the dam which i just call it the dam is it kalulipin dam is yeah, the yeah 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 do that around then you come back in and yeah finish off from there so yeah it's a it's a cool event i i did a little bit of a this is kind of like a trail society shout out as well have you been listening to healy henninger and corinne malcolm and i have yeah yeah. hillary allen so i love it because corinne and well all of them really are like super geeky and sciencey and Mm. stuff and the point of their podcast is like inclusivity in the sport and of course they're coming from a female white background so they can only talk about as much as they can but it's it's awesome i really like their podcast so anyways i did a little geeky thing about the black all stuff there's about 40 percent of total finishers were women which is pretty yeah, substantial sim- yep. yeah especially in those longer events that it tends to drop off for female contingencies and six were in the top 20 and three were in the top 10 which yeah. is unreal like, it that's is super cool
0: it's really cool. I noticed. I didn't know that that was the percentage breakdown. I do know that Australia has one of the highest percentage of female trail runners in the world. Um, but yeah, seeing um, yeah seeing that breakdown and seeing how
1: strong the women were as well in terms mm. of those those results. Freaking awesome. Freaking awesome. I was, I'm really proud of that. And I think UTA almost had like over 50% of Yeah, I of believe female. they did. Yeah. yeah.
0: Which is, I mean, that's a huge event. So that's really cool to see. Super cool. Um, And in terms of numbers, do you know how many people roughly ran the 100? Like I actually have no idea. Uh,
1: I think there was sixty. 60- four, we'll call it 64-ish females who finished. Yeah. There was yeah. a few DNFs in both camps, of course. Yeah, yeah. Then we might talk about that later, but there was carnage. <laughs> yeah. I think there usually is, but yeah, there was quite a few DNFs and then I think there was maybe 154 men or something like that. Yeah, okay. So somewhere around the 250 mark of finishers-ish.
0: It's. I mean, it seemed from just standing at the start line cheering everyone off, it seemed like a lot of runners. It was right? really good to see. Yeah, it was yeah.
1: awesome. So that's always a cool vibe too. Like, it's very back Yardy, right? It's not the start of a UTMB, but it's also not, like, they've definitely done quite a lot. That race sells out almost every year now in the last few years, whereas I remember when I first signed up for it, I signed up, like, three weeks before with still spots to go, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Become very popular. And then, obviously, at the moment
0: hate to bring up COVID, but we are really restricted in terms of interstate travel. So those are Queenslanders that we're all, all running. So that's cool of course, to see yeah. as well.
1: Yeah, Lucy Bartholomew isn't supposed to be there, but she couldn't get in from Victoria. Yeah. yeah,
0: Yeah, incredible field. And then in terms of the finish,
1: it has a little iconic... ah yes how could i forget the bell there's a bell at the end that you gotta ring (laughs) (laughs) just to tap it on the nose (laughs) yeah yeah. it's
0: it's like i love stuff like that you know it's it's so simple but it is such an icon of the race and i was standing at checkpoint five which is at like 74 k's and one of the lead guys came through, and his crew was just like,
1: ring the fucking bell. You know? Like, <laughs> it's like,
0: you're running 100Ks to ring, you can ring a bell any day. Totally.
1: <laughs> and then they also give you a little bell as well that you can ring you yourself. Do. But it is, yeah, you, you're you out there, and you're struggling, you're like, I'm just going to ring that bell. You're like, I could just go to the running company <laughs> yeah. in Marichidor. They usually have it, and I could just ring the bell. <laughs> There's no reward in that. There though. is no reward. No. <laughs> nice. Is there anything else you want to say on the race? Or no, will we... Brett has put on a really good race for the last, you know, any, any time that I've done a run Queensland event. Um, he probably has no idea who I am, but like a little shout out, he does put on a really good event and I so appreciate the last couple. I didn't do it last year, but I know that amidst all the COVID stuff, it was amazing that they could pull it off and, I think there was like a half a breakout, maybe a week and a half before Blackall. So I'm sure they were all just shaking in their boots. But yeah, it was really nice to be able to do an event that was my first one actually like a first official real event since covid stuff yeah wow
0: yeah it's it is yeah it's so interesting it's such a six like it's such a celebration when an event goes ahead i think mm-hmm. at the moment yeah um and you also say oh brett might not know who you are but i do want to point out that Kristen has podiumed in numerous <laughs> races so please give yourself credit <laughs> um ter- <laughs> so in terms of black hole you've obviously mentioned that you've had a bit of a break through covid have we covered how many times you've run this 100
1: uh that was my third time running the 100 and i have done the 50 as well so i've done 350 k's on the course i'd that's like to get cool. to the 500 club yeah yeah, cool. yeah. <laughs> was the 50 your first year yeah. of
0: running it yeah. and then that was
1: you ran that year too didn't you 2017 I always get my years I know, wrong on right Yeah it was the yeah, 2017 Yeah 2017 Because that was the
0: first year That I yeah, started running Yeah I did yeah.
1: 118, 19 Had a year off And then it, yeah Yeah Because Megs was Ooh. there And I remember coming into Because yeah. it was so rainy That's The right. year before It was fire danger And then that year That we did it It, it was an was... altered
0: course Because of flooding Exactly Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> that. Yeah. So
1: that was the worst <laughs> But I remember seeing Megs and Morgan And yeah. I'm like Yes <laughs> <laughs> That was a pick-me-up that I needed. I did see 10 dogs on the course as well, and I included Ness and Bear moose. Well, they count for, (laughs) like, five each, so, yeah.
0: (laughs) No, that's cool. So, um, obviously, when you said you don't have um, business to be here, you are an experienced 100-kilometer runner. You is Blackpool the only 100k distance, yeah. Well, yeah, so yep. that's that's your one, and obviously, you're talking about being part of the 500 club. So, that sounds like there may be some more to come, which is
1: yeah. cool. Yeah, Phil asked me at the end, uh, you know, you've done this race now, you've been part of it for four years. Like, yep. does it ever get boring? I'm like, I, I just well, for us, it's local, right? So, yeah. it's super easy to get to. We don't really have too much luxuries of being able to take time, like coordinating time to go travel, plus, COVID travel, anything like that. So it is something that I can, like, work a full week, do black all, go back to work. That's always how I've done it, for example. So it's just really convenient. But the course is awesome. The event is great. They have awesome spectators and, you know, support that's out there. So, yeah, there's I've got no quarrels doing that event multiple times.
0: <laughs> and something you said there as well is it's part of the reason I want to have this conversation because I know you weren't super keen to like talk about yourself. However, what you've highlighted is even your race choice comes down to the fact that you are in our inverted commas, the everyday athlete, you're balancing life, work, family, everything else with training and also with racing. And you don't have necessarily the luxury to be like, Oh, I'm going to go. I mean, not that we can travel, but that you're going to go somewhere else and take all this time. So that's, that for me is at the heart of this conversation. And I would love for us to approach it from the idea that let's celebrate what you've achieved because it is huge and I think it's easy to forget when you're surrounded by all these other amazing people doing 100Ks (laughs) that you're basically a freak (laughs) because I've never run 100Ks. (laughs) and neither have the absolute majority of the world yeah. okay so yeah. it's incredible but also like lessons that you've um learned from this from this one because it's been different to the other lead-ups etc and, and what we can potentially like to help other people with who are considering this so um talking about being busy etc do you want to have a bit of a chat about the lead-up and your training and how that felt
1: yeah. It wasn't ideal, I wouldn't say. So I've been in my new job for about a year, but I would still say I'm, you know, still finding my feet. So the last couple of 100Ks that I had done, I was pretty, you know, just in my job. It was like it, I didn't have too much stresses, I guess, like externally there that was taking up most of my time. Um I work a little bit longer hours now, so getting in the strength training was just... Uh, just everything felt and looked different for me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the training that I did do, I um, had like an online coach, I guess you could say, um, but it was mostly like, you know, here's the plan for the week, like kind of pick and choose we can slot things into. I probably would say I would have been better off just coaching my myself, yeah, okay. to be honest. Mm-hmm. I I do like getting different perspectives of things. I think what I was missing was like pretty key long runs that they weren't prescribing to me. Yeah. okay. And I was really respectful because I, I coach a couple of people and I, I always know when they kind of go off my plan, I'm like, what's the whole point of you having me mm-hmm. right? Like if you're not going to do the prescribed workouts, like I'm doing it for a reason. So I was really respectful that with the stuff that they prescribed and it was a black all specific plan, yep. um, that I kind of stuck to it. But I do feel like there was some stuff that was missing, just for me, probably more psychologically more than anything. Um, those three and a half, four hour... Like, I'm not a six to nine hour long run. I know some people will do like four hours one day and then five hours and that like mm. huge weekends. My body cannot handle that. Yeah. I do do better on a lower mileage week, but it was probably just a little bit too low. Okay. That for me, confidence wise and just feeling ready, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think I was just missing out on a couple of those things. So I probably would have been better off coached by myself. But I just wanted to see, like if you do the same thing every time and expect different results, you know, it's just the definition of crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Um,
0: Well, and also, I I mean, I think it's important just you like kind of skipped over there. You do coach some people. mm -hmm. And so from your experience point of view, I know that you've invested a lot of time in research, in reading in understanding training philosophies. mm -hmm. So you have a great knowledge base. It's also cool to, yeah, take on a coach and, see someone else's approach and I don't know whether accountability came, comes into that for you like for me it probably does but I don't know if that was something
1: accountability is not generally the reason that I get a coach I'll run even if nobody tells me to kind yeah. of thing that's never like I know that some people need that that's not my reason for it sometimes I just need a little bit more guidance more than anything yeah so I have and this is like the conundrum that I in I'm in is I don't need that much coaching because mm-hmm. like you said I have like I do I like running and dogs <laughs> are pretty much like my podcast list, right? I've got all these dog stuff. I've got all these podcast stuff. I read up on things like I read studies and and I I consume a lot of content yeah. to build up a bit of a knowledge base. So I don't need that much coaching. But the coaching that I feel like I probably would do best with, it's just out of my price range as well. Like mm. I can't really spend 110 bucks a, you know, plus a month US, yeah. which is like 150 bucks when I could probably do most of it myself. You know, it's like that kind of weird gray area. I know I deserve a coach and yeah. I know I want a coach, but that's like two pairs of, or that's a pair of running shoes every other month for me. It's all these things I take into consideration. Yep. Because it's a me thing and I'm respectful of my family and, you know, just life. (laughs) Yeah. That's a whole different tangent and stuff. But the training went okay. It went fine. I did everything that was prescribed. I just felt like it probably wasn't enough for me. Um, With my job, with the long hours, I would just get home buggered. So I had to account for some of my work as my training, time on feet. Like we had that conversation all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Even if I wasn't running in the morning, I was still doing 20,000. steps a day like I was on my feet right and I'm pulling and dragging dog like big old rot wheelers that I've got to like freaking pull back because they're (laughs) gonna knock me over right that's half of my job is moving and it's very physical physical. yeah
0: absolutely and I think it's easy and I mean it comes with experience but it's easy to forget that as well Mm. that be at work or external stressors Mm. that aren't running it all counts like it's one body that you're operating in totally and it all counts but it you I feel were good albeit I know the underlying stress of oh I'm not running so much or I'm super tired because you are a very busy person Kristen yeah Yeah. you really are like you amaze me with how much you (laughs) can fit into a day but you were reminding yourself okay I'm standing up I'm walking and for 100k's like at the end of the day it's a game of being able to stay on your feet and move forward
1: like that totally that's
0: it so that training That is training. It It does count.
1: It is all time on feet for anybody listening. Stress is stress. Your body doesn't know the difference if you're running or if you're anxious or if you haven't slept well. Stress is stress. So it's easy for me to say that to other people. (laughs) But it's hard to. So I kept having to go, what would you be telling somebody else right now? Like if your friend had come to you with exactly what you're doing, I would have been like, dude, just chill out. It's fine. So I had to sometimes put myself in a different spot to give myself that validation. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. You just, you know what it can be. You know what it, anything. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think the way we talk to ourselves is not the way that we would talk to our friends. Yes. So it's good to remember that. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of injury in the lead up.
1: Yeah. I mean, my feet were like, okay, <laughs> it yeah. was never great. Like I still had underlying plantar and it's yeah. The plantar fasciitis that I've been dealing with for a little bit like rest doesn't necessarily, that's not the fixer of all things because then my feet don't actually get the strength that they need to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm on my feet all day and then I'm running and then I've got to do, so I didn't do as much probably release work as I wanted to. Like I would go see my massage guy every couple of weeks and then I'd be, yep, cool. I'm super back into it. I'll do like, I've got a cupping set and I've got the foam roller and stuff, but like, once you get home from work and then you eat dinner, yeah. <laughs> like I just don't I can't be bothered. <laughs> so yeah, like injury was always there a little bit in the back of my head, but I was conscious of it. And yeah,
0: you, like you were conscious of it and also you made it to the start line. And, mm-hmm. and with this, these endurance events, I'd say that's just, that's the biggest battle yeah. often. So Actually,
1: now that you say that, like I had a bit of like a happy cry at the start line just for being there. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've, yeah, you work so hard.
0: Um, okay. So in terms of the race itself, let's have a bit of a chat about that. <laughs> because, <laughs> well, I think if you don't mind me sharing, I know you were apprehensive. You dip it up a post um, just about, you know, being undertrained and taper crazies. Um, and You ran really freaking well. Yeah. I
1: was very surprised.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How did it feel?
1: Yeah, I mean, by about 20K. I told you this (laughs) off air as well. So usually I have like my real low at about 80K. Like I know that that's kind of the spot that I'm like, all right, everything hurts. But everybody hurts, right? So everybody that you're looking around Even though they might look great, they're hurting just as much as you. But, like, I remember in the last couple years, 80K was just like, man, nobody else is hurting like me, right? (laughs) I am the one who's hurting the most right now. But that pain kind of settled in around, like, 20K this year. (laughs) So, really, it was just my whole race of just going, this just hurts. But it was just a year of being appreciative. I think I've got a little bit more perspective, too, that we get to do these things, right? It's a silly event. Like Phil and I had the conversation. I'm like, it doesn't matter if I finished or even if I start, right? Nobody actually cares. Walking down to the beach today, I'm limping my ass off <laughs> just trying to get to the ocean. There's like, you know, surfers coming in and they're running past me. I'm like, oh, just don't look at me. If I go to Woolies today and I'm hobbling around, nobody cares, right? doesn't actually matter. So. Well, yeah, it, it
0: does matter, but I think it's that perspective. It's just of, the perspective. Like, yeah. don't don't burn yourself with anxiety over it, or yeah. get start worrying about what other people think. And we had that conversation before. It's like, a, you know, really, if like the shit hit the fan and you had to drop, you had to drop. Yeah, like it, it's okay, yeah. and the majority of people like you go into work and they won't really even necessarily understand running a 100k so yeah. it's, it's like it's your personal journey and it matters but it is also the most arbitrary thing in the world it too is. when you step back it is
1: but having that arbit- like having the just that weight weight lifted off my shoulders as well I could just go this hurts but this is awesome like I'm gonna get through this and I'm resilient as fuck yeah <laughs> so like, that's a cool aspect of the sport that I really like so much and why I keep showing it. Because, like, it hurts the whole time. Who signs up for that? <laughs> like, we paid money to do that. Like, that's stupid.
0: <laughs> yeah, we were actually having... Cause I, because I was crewing, I was spending a lot of time on the aid stations. And I was having a laugh with some friends about how it was becoming, like a soap opera or something. It was like an episode of Home and Away because we just get all these phone calls and like messages on like the Bush Telegraph of oh so and so's dropped. Oh so and so and so is struggling in the heat. Oh so and so's hurt themselves so and so it was just like one by one. The Be- people like it was a hard day out there. It wasn't yeah. I mean Black Hole I don't think we really touched on Black Hole is known for being a hot race. Yeah. It was hot. Point. It wasn't wildly hot. They've definitely had hotter years. But it was just one of those days, and maybe it's always one of those days. But people were feeling it, and it, it was just that thing of oh, that's so you know, another one's out. <laughs> and crew are waiting and then they're like oh I'm I'm just gonna drive and pick so and so up you know yeah and it was happening all the time and I actually I saw Adele at the end and she mentioned this was one at the end this is when Cecilia finished so it's pretty much near the start of people finishing yeah um she they'd already had like 60 odd people drop so yeah
1: (laughs) I don't know what was getting people but yeah
0: or if it's just the excitement that we get to do this yeah yeah
1: I I think I've heard Brett talk on like um one of his videos or or maybe he was on a podcast or something, and he was saying, you know, the amount of people that just go out so excited Yeah. that there's actually quite a lot that you'll find happen at around, like, that 22K mark yeah. when they come into Checkpoint 2, and they're like, can't do another 78K of this because they started out too quickly. Yeah.
0: And that's where I just have so much respect for you. It's like, if you're starting to feel it, at 20K. <laughs> I guess you can have that notion of, oh, you know, my, things might get better. But you need to settle in for a long ride. You're so freaking strong. It's amazing. It
1: it was the first 30k and I told this to Phil too. I don't know what it was, but at 30k I'm like, oh, okay, I got this. Even if it hurts, it's fine. I got 30k. Because if I can get 30, I'll get 60. If I can get 60, I can get 90. And then what's the last 10? Like that's what was going on in my mind. But the first 30k hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Which was quite a long time. (laughs) And did you have anyone crewing for you, waiting at the aid stations? No, I'm, like, for me, there's not too much of a point. I carry everything that my, I can. I utilize the aid stations well. Um, I don't like to spend very much time in the aid stations, mm. so even this year, I'm like, Phil, don't even bother. Like, I'm not even going to say hi. <laughs> like, I would get into checkpoint four at the very last one, and I just want to go, right? Yep. There so.
0: is... Although you say there's not point, there is a moral support element that I notice a lot mm. with people with crew. But you're obviously strong and know that you're just going to keep on moving. Yeah,
1: most of my training happens by myself, anyways. So I don't, I, I don't rely on people for that. Like it gives me a boost because it's something I'm not used to. Yeah, but I don't need it. And like I saw, like there was people out at pretty much all stages of it, anyways. So. Yeah, I got a little bit of a boost
0: here yeah. and there. And some of the checkpoints like CP4 are really busy anyway. So I guess you come in and it's just like, it seems like mayhem anyway. Totally.
1: So. Which is awesome. It's buzzing and people Cat are bells. Going. Exactly. And, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's always good.
0: <laughs> so it sounds like um, it was tough and you were feeling it. Can you look back and think of any highlights of the day?
1: I love the bluff. <laughs> like, the bluff, you just feel so badass when you get to the top. Especially when it's hot, because it's always hot, right? It's always hot. <laughs> and it, you get the one side of it, it has no breeze. And everybody kind of feel. And again, you look around everybody, you're struggling. Like, I love the bluff, but everybody struggles. Yeah. Like, so you look at the person next to you or in front of you, and you kind of join up with, like, a train of people, and you kind of get to the top, and, like if you're not totally toast (laughs) you kind of just feel like all right i've got that i've got that done you know the the thing with the bluff is it always ends you just have to keep moving forward right so that's always that's like literally always the best part also best part and i told you this too i am the worst i don't do any planning i looked at what mandatory gear i needed two days before so i was lucky i had it all (laughs) I didn't look at the maps. I was like, oh, it's just going to be the same thing as previous Mm -hmm. years. And so usually you have to come into the dam and you go all the way around back to checkpoint five and then you kick out. I got to this weird spot. I'm like, where am I going? This is all different. Got to this different checkpoint of CP5 and I asked somebody, I'm like, it doesn't really seem like anybody's coming back. Do I have to come back here? And they're like, no, no, no. You just keep going. I'm like, yes, I've only got 25K. I was accounting for 30 that was like the best boost I could have gotten. That was amazing. And the fact that I got there like during the daytime. So bluff and checkpoint five. <laughs>
0: I, I love how you say it. Like you didn't have to run five Ks, but you still had to run because it was 100
1: Ks. <laughs> but in my mind, at, when I got to that stage, I was like, okay, it's just another 30 K. And I kept looking at my watch going, man, I must be really ahead or something. Like my watch must be reading uh, further ahead. That was the best boost I could have gotten. <laughs> I love that that's
0: that's a cool highlight, yeah, um, and then would you say, like in terms I mean, it's obviously very fresh, but your biggest lesson of the day, like you've now done this three times. How do you feel that you've grown as a runner since you started this? And what did you learn yesterday in particular? Yeah. I've that'd... given you about six questions. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's right. I can end with a question. A little bit unsure of myself. Um, that, it is a really good question because I do think that everybody can take something out of a race. So I think my first year, it was just like, what does 100K feel like? And then I learned what that is. And that yeah. it was hard. Yeah. <laughs> <Sure. laughs> I think my second year was, um, oh, you're right there, mate. <laughs> I think my second year was maybe, maybe a little bit more of that, like, what does training look like in the buildup? Because I didn't really focus too much on, in my first year, I just kind of, it would just run a lot, but it wasn't very focused. I didn't have too much speed stuff. Yep. It was just long distances. The second year I probably learned, you know, training with uh, uh, intervals and uh, tempo work and stuff. So actually training a little bit more like my marathon Mm -hmm. and then that long, slow stuff. Learning from this year was, yeah, like just that I'm tougher than I think I probably was um, because I was just so unsure. Like Thursday was a tough day at work for me. It was hot all week. I kind of came home. I just, I didn't have a good sleep. And I was like, I really don't know if I can, if I can do the hundred. Like I was really unsure of myself for sure on Thursday. So I think this year was probably, you're capable of more than what you give yourself credit for.
0: <laughs> I love that that's what you chose. I think that's what I'd have chosen for you as mm-hmm. well. Cause I do know, and we, we have touched on and I know that you are uncertain. And even at the start of this podcast, you say you had no business being there and it's <laughs> not true. Like you are, you are incredibly strong. Mm-hmm. And not only did you finish, you finished in, I know we weren't looking at times, but you yeah. finished in a pretty similar time to a year when you felt like you had a better lead in. Totally. So like, the potential is huge, mm. um, and yeah, I'm incredibly proud of you and the fact you made it, and that you made it feeling rubbish from 20Ks. So, I mean, I don't know anyone's going to be signing up for that experience.
1: I'm really not a good like, advocate for this sport, but I love it. It's awesome.
0: So why are you doing this?
1: I just love it. Yeah, I, there's really not a, another like, reason. I just really like doing this stuff and pushing my body through things. When we had talked to Rowan, for example, and mm-hmm. she said that she, you know, can't run, and you were like, "Oh, Kristen just shuddered yeah. a little bit. Like, a really... I thought about it after that podcast, what would I do if running was taken away from me? And I would be fine. Like I would find something else, but nothing else besides skiing, probably like Mm. Phil and I would probably have to move to the mountains because that's the only alternative that I think I've ever found of the joy that I get from movement I try surfing. I try rock climbing. Like I try, I try all this stuff, mountain biking and things. Nothing ever resonates with me as much as it does with running. And it's only because I've been doing it for so long. Like I've been, I've been a runner since I was probably like 10 or 11 with my parents. So it's a big part of my identity, which can be a good thing or a bad thing, Mm -hmm. but I just love it. Like it's just, of who I am so I like doing these events because of the community I'm like all these same similar people are here and we're all like what you said the majority of people don't even run a marathon right Mm -hmm. so to get all these super weird people together one spot to do (laughs) 50 100k it's awesome like that's just a cool celebration so it's just, yeah, I can't really say anything else. I just really love it. Yeah.
0: Mm, I yeah. love, no, I, and no, it comes across in volumes for sure. And like you say, with the celebration, I always think of race day as a celebration of your training. And that can be hard when you don't feel like you've had the best lead in as well. Cause you're like, Oh, I don't know what's going to happen. But what you proved to yourself yesterday was you're incredibly strong. Mm. And there's no doubt that if people are listening and, and thinking of con- like thinking of doing an event like this that's a pretty cool thing to learn about yourself, right? Totally. You, you yeah. are in your body when you're out there and there is no hiding from it. <laughs> exactly.
1: And it's so amazing. Like we all ha- we all lead busy lives, right? Like, yes, I'm busy, but you're busy. And so is everybody else. And so for however long you're out there, if you're 10 hours, if you're the first female to 24, I'm sure is the cutoff. Mm-hmm. Like all you get to focus on is yourself. And that's, yeah, and just moving forward and everything is focused on you. So in a world of, like, I'm such a people pleaser sometimes, like, I'm always providing for other people. It's so also nice to just focus on yourself for a second, even if it's just how much pain you're in and how much problem solving you need to do. It's a cool feeling, too, that, yeah, I think if anybody is... Just looking for an escape for 15 hours. You know? Go do an ultra marathon.
0: Oh my god! I can just imagine people being like, "Yeah, or I could go and like lie beside a pool with
1: cocktails, <laughs> just turn my phone off." <laughs> it's probably much easier, but how much? Uh, how much? How rewarding exactly is that? that do you feel stronger after that? Probably feel drunker, but no. it's probably the same feeling, really.
0: Well, talking of uh, fluid intake and being drunk... Do you want to talk, do you want, this is like the worst segue ever. Would you like to talk a little bit about nutrition? Because yeah. for me, when I'm racing, funnily enough, not on a bike, which I haven't done very much of, but running, my stomach is a big concern. Like yeah. for me, no matter how much training I've done, that's a big unknown. Mm. Is that something that you face and how were you feeling for the day?
1: Yeah, I just make, um, if anybody's read Stacey Sims' book, Roar, she's got mm-hmm. the um, salty balls recipe. That's usually sat pretty well with my stomach for the last just last two black holes um my I think everybody could probably and I was thinking about this too I think everybody probably could say that their nutrition could be better I think that's mm. always the hardest one to um, pinpoint because the the gut they have shown is a trainable thing so you can you know it's and again this is where I was like oh my training I just I didn't really focus on my gut I was mm. like if I'm out there I'm just gonna run because now is the time to do it so I probably could have been better about training for my nutrition beforehand. But gratefully so as well. My stomach sat pretty pretty well the whole time because it was the same stuff that I had been eating. But we also joked just before off air as well, like the stuff that you're eating is disgusting, right? <laughs> so it's probably attributing to some of the gut bombs that, that do come up. So my nutrition personally is I do the salty balls. I pulled out my bag at checkpoint five and someone was like, bring some weed like it looked disgusting (laughs) what's actually in them so it's uh well the the i guess recipe that i make there's a, a few different kind of offsets of it i've got a little bit of there's dried oats uh some coconut uh vanilla protein powder uh peanut butter they say use rice um syrup yeah but of course you've seen that i have 101 Honey, honey containers yeah. on my table. So I substitute for honey. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a little bit of a sweeter kick, and I get a little bit of the sugar and the carbs and uh, protein, especially just to help out with a little bit of the um, muscle damage that inevitably happens when you're running 100k so that usually sits pretty well but they are quite dry so you like by about 50k i'm eating it but like i have to chase it down with the water because my mouth is so cottony this sounds so fun (laughs) guys do 100k it's awesome (laughs) but at all the checkpoints usually i'll take in a whole bunch of watermelon and bananas for those of you who like bananas (laughs) um anything that you can eat eat that. That's all that I usually tell my athletes or anybody who asks. It literally does not matter what you can eat as long as you can eat it. And if you can eat it for a long time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think those are two key things that you forget when you become accustomed to this, but one is, yeah. Can you eat it moving? Mm. Because that's a foreign thing if you haven't yeah. done this before. Um, and then can you eat it for a long time? Because that like fatigue of food, mm. it gets real. Yes. And it is so important that you can keep fueling the whole way through. Exactly. I always think of it like it's like I'm looking after my future self in a race. Like even yes. if at the beginning I'm like, I feel awesome and I don't need to eat Sarah in a few hours time is going to wish that she actually swallowed that down. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I generally try and focus more on the beginning of the race because I do like everybody, like everybody, I'm sure you, you just lose all of that palate towards the second half of the race. So I did a lot of like front loading because I know that I don't do well in the second half. So I I was still eating by the end. Actually I had a pizza at 92 K Yeah, (laughs) like I mentioned. So that was pretty good. That was like exactly what I needed at that time. So that was a life savior to get me through the last eight K um, and then for, I actually, I, I will give myself credit. I did great to take in, um, hydration because yes. all of that stuff with your nutrition is also only up to a point because if your blood volume starts to thicken up, if you're becoming dehydrated, mm-hmm. nothing gets absorbed and that's where you get your gut bombs. So I was pretty focused. Usually in black all I only fill up my, um, I've got a Nathan bag with two liters on my, on my back. Yep. So usually I only fill that up once. So I've got the start of the race and then usually at uh, checkpoint three. This time I filled it up like maybe three or four times. Plus I was constantly taking in noon hydration. Yeah, so okay. I had that in your salmon flask because, yeah. again, I couldn't find my bottle the day before the race. <laughs> Talk about prepared.
0: <laughs> so I've sort of done 100Ks because my flask. Exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I had like a really concentrated noon in there. And I know my, and it's also important to know your palate as well. Right. Mm -hmm. So my palate is much sweeter, like Super Dupers savior for me. Watermelon. Awesome. My noon is like pink lemonade. So for other people, I know you're like cringing, right? (laughs) Yeah. But for me, like sugar and that really sweet stuff, Mm -hmm. I will come home and eat m ms all day. Like I just, that's For whatever reason, my body craves it. (laughs) I'm worried if I'm going to be, like, diabetic later (laughs) on. It's all in moderation, including moderation. (laughs) Um, But it's important to know your palate as well because some people are going to do better on other things. So just because the front leader might have done X, Y, Z doesn't mean that your body – so it is important to do the training – so I have come in while unprepared in my training-wise. I kind of have known what has sat well, and I didn't have any gut bombs or anything. I just couldn't Every eat extent. as well in the second half, which was expected.
0: Yeah, yeah. and it's a really important point that, it, like, everyone is different. Everyone's body is different, and potentially race-to-race, race, depending on conditions, are different too. Absolutely. And there's no doubt when you're standing at the aid station all day, you see all sorts. Like, it is amazing, the variety, and the palette is a really good point. Like, I'm much more... Um, crisps or chips, uh, cliff bar and like citrusy stuff, like not sweet at all. I just like cannot swallow it down. Mm -hmm. So yeah. yeah.
1: Whereas I saw the chips all day. I'm like, just, I probably need the salt, but I just, I couldn't, couldn't palate it. Do you
0: take salt tabs at all?
1: No, I did my first hundred K. Yeah. I did my first hundred K. I, I go back and forth. Again, if salt tabs work for you, like Mm -hmm. 100% do that. There's some people that, you know, they come out and they've got white, like all over them, right? Like that is, yeah. Me? (laughs) Like you're a very heavy sweater. You're a very heavy, salty sweater. I'm more of like a glistener. And that's just because our bodies are different, Mm. right? So I actually don't think I need that high salt intake blast. I didn't notice any difference of benefits or detractors, and I've read a few things about detractors of salt tablets. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So I decided I'd, you know, after that first 100K, that was the only time I've ever really taken salt tablets. It had salt tablets and magnesium, mm. so that kind of helped out with the cramping. I think that's yeah. the whole Did, idea of it. Yeah,
0: was I said. Did you have any cramping?
1: Mm. I mean, everything hurt. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you weren't, like... Nothing, like, there was a couple of twinges in my, in my quads, maybe around 80K, and I'm like, oh, how, like, how's this going to go? But nothing ever came... To anything which I was happy about, so I, no, personally, I don't take salt tablets, but I know that they do work really well for some people, especially super, super heavy, salty sweaters. Yeah,
0: there are definitely some stomach things that go with them as well, which yes. aren't so great, so yes. I'm always a bit nervous, but yeah.
1: Do you take salt tabs?
0: Um, I carry them, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs>
1: In the very very dire circumstance, just so you have them, or I
0: have a pretty solid history of really terrible cramps when I'm racing Mm -hmm. towards the end, and I mean like I've been in the dungeon, which is like one of the trails that Run Queensland operates. Um, I think it was Bureau at Daybreak, the marathon Uh, I was doing, and I, yeah, I remember that. My like all my legs, (laughs) every muscle was cramping so badly that I was falling backwards trying to like hike up stuff because my legs were like locked straight and someone pretty much like carried me over like a bit of fence I really really struggle but that race funnily enough I had given my salt tabs so I'd passed this guy who was like lying in the middle of the trail cramping oh my god and I'd run past and then as I'd run past for like a couple of minutes I was like oh I have salt tablets so I ran back and gave them to him and then <laughs> and then low I, I had to nothing
1: hold. <laughs> I mean what kind of Dude. karma is that <laughs> that's like- worst kind of karma seriously (laughs) who's dealing with that
0: shit (laughs) maybe they just wouldn't have helped i think i was too far gone yeah yeah, no it's yeah it's a it's one i've tested but i just don't really like to use them in training because it just seems a bit weird taking all that salt in yeah
1: yeah like there's benefit of salt like i've got every all of my meals are extra salt on them right and that's kind of all that i think you need most of the time yeah What, what do you usually take if you're like racing or riding or things like you more of a savory palette it sounds like yeah
0: savory um more for... real
1: foods or do you do gels have you ever done gel stuff
0: um so oh I've tried everything because yeah, of okay. stomach issues mm. back in my triathlon days which was short-lived I did gels um I just hate them though they're so sweet and disgusting yeah. I discovered spring energy gels which I freaking love it's like a real food in a gel packet so mm. I absolutely love that but to be honest, it gets super expensive if you want to fuel a race on that. Right,
1: that's my problem. Yeah, so I've
0: I've typically, if we're talking running, I've typically been um like a tailwind or an infinite powder mix mm-hmm. in flask because I just find that really simple. I drink like 500 mils an hour. And that's my strategy.
1: and So that's got like your carbs and your um, calories in that? It
0: does, yeah.
1: I think I'd like to try that, yeah, because I was taking fluids so well. So have you found success with that?
0: So that's worked pretty well for me. Obviously, I've still had cramping issues, so something's out there. I do tend to carry, like I'll have a Cliff Bar or something just to mix it up Mm. um, because it's nice to chew. Like I like the real food thing, but... The simplicity, I know I'm always thirsty. So that for me works with those mixes. Yeah. Yeah, And it's quick at aid stations and stuff to sort it out too. So
1: that's typically been my thing. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've tried the liquid calories. I think it was maybe my first or maybe my second marathon or something like that. But I think I had done it to like... Um, it wasn't concentrated in the right way, mm-hmm. and that's where I got cramps from. It I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm just gonna throw this out, right? So I threw out the baby with the bathwater. <laughs> yeah, well- and I didn't actually like refine anything. So like, I had this whole big bag. Uh, I think Infinite, actually, because they do the custom blends do, for you. Yeah. They're up and cool aren't they? Yeah. Shout yeah, out cool. like Jason Reach. Yep. Yeah. I I met Rachel, actually. Oh. She's got a dog that's she, got a problem, so she's going to come to me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But yeah, she was there with Helen. Anyways, I had this like half a bag that was made just for me, mm. and I just gave it away. I'm like, oh, this is, you know, I'm I'm done with this, but I definitely did not give it a chance. But I, I was actually thinking about it during the race because I was doing so well with fluids that it would be something to look into. Yeah. But it works for some people, it works for, you know, doesn't work for others. But I'd like to give that a go, probably.
0: And there is, again, I remember doing this last man standing race where I thought I was just going to run like 30 Ks and I ended up running like 67 Ks, which was laps of a crit track. amazing like, as well. <laughs> no, because I'm stubborn and stupid um, and was unprepared. So I only had like one flavor of Tailwind and it was this raspberry caffeine one. And I can't even smell that stuff now because I just drank it for so many hours that I like to mix
1: as well. Yeah. Also it was sh- sweet. Yeah, it would have been very <laughs> sweet. Would have been great, but if that's the only thing that you're drinking. Yeah. Also shout outs to uh Bigs Backyard, which is currently yes, happening that's as well. Yeah. right.
0: I meant to check this morning what yeah, was happening with Courtney and everyone.
1: stoked. So cool. That's a fun one to watch.
0: Um so, in terms of like what we've covered there, I feel like we've covered a breadth of topics. Um it sounds really freaking tough running 100k's. So if someone were to approach you and ask for like a couple of pieces of advice say I wouldn't I would never recommend jumping from zero to 100 but it's, it's pretty typical in Australia that people go from 50 to 100 because we don't have so many like 50 mile type distances. What would you say to someone?
1: Um, I guess probably just make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons. I think there are a lot of people that look at it and it, I know I've sold so well, but it looks so glamorous, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So just make sure you're doing it for the right reasons, um, which can be the right reasons in many different ways for many different people. Um, If you, if you have the capacity, I think a coach is valuable, especially jumping up from the 50 to a hundred. If anything, just the accountability, like we were talking about and a little bit of that confidence hopefully and again it's got to be the right coach for the right person to make you feel the the right things going into that that race day practice your nutrition just like all the basic stuff really like it's, it's not actually that hard it's just it's just doing it as well too there's a lot of people who come in balls blazing and they're like oh, I'm going to train so great it's going to be awesome like The training is part of the fun and if you don't enjoy training and you don't enjoy putting in the work, you're probably not going to like it anyways. Yeah. Like, I've got to get up at 4.15. Like, that's just the reality of me getting in my day and stuff. But once I got into the habit of it, if I slipped through or skipped it, I'm like, far why did I do that? You know, it's your, it's your bliss moment. Yep.
0: And that's where knowing your why and having the right reasons really comes in on those yeah. days as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Cause not
1: all days are easy. <laughs> no, And then
0: when I mentioned accountability, like having a coach, I, I guess I wasn't necessarily thinking in terms of like a, oh, I don't want to let my coach down. Like that doesn't I mean it matters, but it doesn't matter. That's not how they're going to view it really. Most likely it's more like I know in myself that I have this, Thing. Like, I don't feel like going and doing a workout, but it's there. Mm. So I'm going to go and do it. You know, yeah. it's like ticking that box. Sometimes totally. that's actually all it comes down to. Totally. It's not always just like, oh, I'm running through the forest with my dogs, just having the best time. Exactly.
1: <laughs> Most days are at 4.15. I pass, like, three people who also have many insomniacs. <laughs> There's one guy in Malulaba. He's got a dog. We always wave to each other. <laughs> but, like, it's, a, like, I did so much just on pavement, yeah. too, because I didn't have the time to get out to the trails as well. But, like, it... it It's still running, so I still love it. So I'm still going to do it, you know?
0: (laughs) It is still running. That's an important point, however, in terms of skills, um, because I do know of triathletes who've switched over to trails and have found technical downhills, for example, really intimidating. Mm -hmm. So you have that experience, you know the course, it is... There, there is a skill to running on trails and totally. staying upright. And there were so many people falling yesterday that I saw come into checkpoints. Yeah, so right. Okay. it's, yeah, it's something you can take for granted, I think, when you're accustomed to it. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: But, and, and Black Hole isn't a super technical course. It's right. pretty fast. Yeah. Um, in terms of what the future holds then, you mentioned the 500 Club, which means more Black Holes. Do you have any other races on your schedule?
1: Uh, it's hard to think about race
0: yeah <laughs> i know and i hate i hate that thing's well well I mean, on totally, you finish but totally it's more not
1: and it's a yeah even
0: like bigger picture because i know western states at one point yeah. it was a dream. like I'll, I'll
1: always put my name into the lottery yeah. as long as i'm doing it um i have no expectations to do that race in any sort of timeline because it could be 10 years before like at the rate it's going it could be 15 20 years right Yeah. so if i do a race that qualifies i'll always put my name into it and if i get drawn that's awesome but never will I ever, like, bank on doing it. Because I'm also not going to ever win a golden ticket. <laughs> yeah. Which is totally fine. Like, again, it's not not the point for me. So, just at this stage, probably, yeah, just black all again. I'd like to do some more, like, just smaller fun races. Like, I actually do, while I do like doing the 100k and the long stuff, I... I think I'm actually pretty okay at the speedy stuff too. So it's fun to You like, are
0: definitely pretty okay at the speedy yeah, stuff. Yeah.
1: So like it's fun doing 10K hit outs yep. on the trails. So like I'd like to just get back into doing a little bit more of those smaller events. Because um, they're just fun. And again, the part of it that I love is the community aspect of it. And if I'm running by myself the whole time, sometimes I feel like I miss out on that. So just making more of a conscious effort just to be part of it. Like I would love to say I'm planning this huge epic thing of some sort and there's plenty of ideas that roll through my head but it's also I just don't have the luxury of time yep. um so if that ever comes up I'm sure I'll pull something out but I'm also terrible at planning so just whatever happens happens
0: <laughs> it's, it's kind of a, a hard time to plan as well An yeah pandemic exactly so it's perfect <laughs> exactly
1: yeah I, I actually I was talking to my dad um he's done Leadville on uh, the bike race a couple of times yeah wow and like we should get your dad on the podcast. I know, actually, dad is dad does so much. Yeah, again, my sister's way cooler than me. And my dad is freaking epic. Um, yeah, Andy Russell is amazing. So we had this kind of like bit of a, I guess it was more of an appreciation chat for me because we haven't hadn't ever really talked about the fact that he had done Leadville. I'm like, dad you didn't even tell us what you were doing. Like you just, I remember you leaving and he had done, you know, he'd gone to Leadville twice. So he did Leadville twice. And then he had some of these other like races that he had done. Like you didn't sit us down and tell us what you were doing. We just knew you were doing a bike race. And dad was like, I am so proud of Leadville. Like mom has been instructed that if I die, I am being buried with my Leadville belt buckle, like, freaking cool. <laughs> right. Wow. So like stuff like that is pretty cool that my dad has done. And he, he always talks about how he wants to get back into running cause he sees me running and mm. stuff. So I would love to eventually do an event with dad yeah. and, you know, kind of do like, we'll do our training separately, obviously meet somewhere either in America or here and then do it together. I think that'd be super fun. Um, mom can be the crew, Phil can be the crew and they can. <laughs> Kind of checking with us. So that would be amazing. But I would love to do a race that my parents can be involved in as well. Yeah. So I was like texting them throughout the day, like, just made it past CP3 so that they feel part of the experience nice. as well. But it would be freaking amazing to have them actually there and and watch me because they had they don't know me as an ultra runner I've only been an ultra runner since I've been in Australia so it'd be cool to have them be part of that that's always something back in my mind too I love that I trust that will happen for sure 100% yeah absolutely what what event it is I don't know there's a few in Tahoe I would like to do yeah (laughs) would will be beautiful as well (laughs) yes yes western states maybe if I get to the 200 even that event's selling out now It's yeah, the popularity
0: of trail running is definitely skyrocketing.
1: So, if people think I'm weird for doing 100k, there's people out there who do 200 miles. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Would that be something that ever
1: interested you? Uh, I would need to make the jump up to 100 miles. So, I was thinking maybe Tarawera might be a good first 100 miler. Even just, like, knocking out, like, glasshouse 100-miler, that's a local event as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, I, I think that's pretty runnable. Yes, I think, very runnable. Yeah, yeah, like, over 100k, we did 3,200 meters of elevation. I think that's, it's relatively the same over 100 miles, if not less. And it's not
0: single track either, it's, like, fire trail type exactly. stuff Exactly, yeah. yeah. And yeah. so
1: that would literally just be to tick the box yeah. of a 100-miler. Um I think that's more of a mental game more than anything mm, that race because you have to have your winding and you're like all, again some some of those hills are a bit of a reprieve, yeah, when you come up to them because you're like, oh, finally, I don't have to run.' I can just hike it out and use different muscles and things, yeah.
0: And the other thing with Glass houses, is you just have, and I say this because I'm thinking of the bike ride I just did, you have long straights where you can just see for miles as opposed to that winding trail exactly. where you're like, oh what's around the corner? Exactly. Instead it's like, I can see where I'm going for the next hour. And
1: it is so far, yeah. <laughs> how was your experience as a crew member? Like, you had crewed before, last yeah. year you were in a boot, <laughs> so a bit different this year. You also had your dog this year. You had a lot of moving parts going around, so like how how is, how is it on the other end of being part of that event? But because the crew and the spectators and the support is awesome. So like to you and everybody else who does the volunteering, thank you to everybody because that really pulls us runners through. Like it's a awesome. Again, this is why I love it. It's such an yeah. awesome event and so well run.
0: Yeah. The volleys certainly hold the event together. It is incredible. And they're doing long shifts at, at an yes. event like this as well, oh well into the night. So yeah, really amazing. Yeah, and crewing is. It's freaking exhausting, man. It would be, (laughs) dude. Do you know how hard it is? So, yeah, I've crewed a few hundred Ks now. This was the first one where I wasn't wearing a moon boot. So that was a luxury. But like you say, I, I brought Ness instead to have as an extra <laughs> challenge.
1: Well <laughs> handicap. Oh,
0: man. Um, but no, it was awesome. So I was crewing for Cecilia Mattis, who we've had on the podcast previously. And um, she is the cheeriest, most awesome runner. And she had a really tough day. And I wasn't, well, not that I wasn't expecting it. I'm always prepared for that being the case. But when it started happening, I was like, oh,
1: we've got a problem solve (laughs) here. This is
0: interesting. And problem solving is like, you mentioned problem solving earlier. It's my favourite part of endurance sport. And it's probably, yeah, it's my favourite part of careering as well, in a sense, because I love that stuff. Yes. Um, So I get to do stuff too. Although for Cecilia, I didn't really do very much other than drive a few hours because you are driving for a few hours when you're crewing from checkpoint to checkpoint. Totally. Um, You guys take the shortcuts. (laughs) 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 And we have to drive
1: (laughs) for hours. Jeez. So did you listen to podcasts? Like, how did you get through that?
0: No, it's okay, I made it three things. (laughs) But I actually fueled really poorly and I've done this before (laughs) where I just kind of I'm so focused. I probably have like way too much anxiety about making sure I'm at the checkpoint in time because you don't know when your runner's coming through and you don't want to miss them and you need to get part. I mean, there's a lot that goes on here. Totally. But it did actually make me think, um, if you're crewing something like a 200 miler, like there's a safety element involved as well. Because I like Even yesterday, I was distracted at times driving. I got, may have got a little bit lost at one point because you can't go where Google Maps tells you because it's on the course and all sorts of stuff happens. Um, But yeah, it's it's fun. Like it's awesome to see one runner coming through that hundred kilometer journey, not knowing necessarily what to expect as they're coming to an aid station you also start to pick up friends because everyone who's following runners of the same speed are doing the same thing. So there's like a different community there as well. Um, but no, I I love it and it's a real honour to, to support Cecilia. She'd have got through it without me, no problem. But it was cool to be there, even just to simply drive her there and drive her home because last year we hadn't even talked about that. And when she finished, we're like thank goodness you don't have to drive home. Like that's not what you want to be doing at the end of a hard 100. So yes, it was great. Always a pleasure to be a part of that community. And for me, it was like an annual catch up with people because I haven't been running. So that was super fun as well, just to see people too.
1: And exhausting.
0: <laughs> and I am exhausted, but I can walk downstairs and no problems.
1: Yeah, Sarah was following me down. And I should have let her go
0: first. <laughs> You're doing very well. I'm impressed. You're I was doing shape.
1: one foot at a time. Was
0: I? <laughs> generally that's how you go down the stairs yeah, yeah yeah
1: but like earlier I had to do like right foot left foot oh, on one step this. and then right foot left foot
0: on one step
1: and shout out to Cecilia who did get third she did play third. after a really tough day she did awesome and in fact like shout out shout out to, shout out to everybody who yeah. finished
0: you're just incredible um the women's field as we've mentioned were super strong Risha took out a course record and Megan ran an absolutely awesome race and seeing her finish there's a photo of her like the joy is just written all over her face so yeah I'm just huge congrats to everyone yeah really, it is an enormous achievement it and is, yeah
1: and I, on the men's field yeah exactly. again like literally everybody <laughs>
0: and then the male leaders looked like they were just cruising like it was really impressive to watch so Yes, a pleasure to be able to be a part of it, even though I wasn't running, for sure.
1: You you're still, again, those volleys in the crew and every, like, everybody makes up being a part of that event. That's what makes it so cool. Yeah. yeah Dean Carnassus did it in 2019, and he'll still occasionally have these posts about Black All. Like, I think he even appreciates how, how cool the event is. It just has a great vibe, that's for sure. Yeah! Go Queensland. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Go Queensland. <laughs> All right. Well, is there anything else you would like to touch on
1: before we round up? Um, I don't think so. Was there anything I missed?
0: I'm sure we'll finish and yeah. Be like, oh man, we yeah. Didn't it. I did
1: only get four hours of sleep. I, so yeah, I don't know if anybody else if this happens to you if you do these endurance events. That's listening. Every single year that I've done the 100K, now I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm so hungry. Yeah. So I always have a meal. Um, but yeah. Never sleep that great after that. Okay,
0: Did I ask you what your post-race meal was? Uh, or what, I mean, I know that's kind of hard to stomach stuff,
1: but what, what was would like you be sitting in the shower with the handheld over my head eating a super duper I felt like I was throw up, so that was the only thing I could stomach. Yet another glamorous <laughs> element of the sport. Ultra running is amazing. <laughs> so good.
0: All right. So I reckon we just have one last question, and I don't know if you're going to have an answer to it, yeah. but
1: was there a wild wee? No, but I did forget to lock the porta potty at one of the aid stations, <laughs> and someone came in. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I've done 80K. I'm so tired. <laughs> we both kind of squealed. I'm like, sorry about that. It's my fault. <laughs> Anything goes. It's all good. Yeah, <laughs> but no, port are uh, probably the wildest that they get for me, <laughs> which yeah. could be pretty wild. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're pretty cleanly. was not too
0: bad. Well, thank you so much. I know that this wasn't your first choice to do. I'm so stoked we've had this conversation. You are incredible and definitely an inspiration to anyone else thinking of running a 100Ks.
1: Amazing. Thank you very much. <laughs> that was so uncomfortable. It's all right. We got through it. We
0: got through it. And you so are new awesome. bear, where is he? He's next to you. He's just- Bear is sleeping beside me.
1: That's a nice one. he's like did I hear my name time for a run <laughs> yeah this is this is the issue is when you train with your dogs your dogs get really fit so a caution to anybody who wants to train with your dogs great idea but you have to keep training because now I'm like I don't know how I'm gonna tire them out <laughs> yeah they get into a routine as well <laughs> they do they do all right well thank you everybody uh, Rate, review, and subscribe, whatever you do in a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Only if you like it, obviously. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah, we'll catch you next time. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Into the We Hours Podcast. To get in touch, you can find us on Instagram at Into the We Hours Podcast or email us at into the we hours podcast at gmail.com. Sarah is all the gear, nay idea. And that is N-A-E for all you non-Scots people. And Kristen is at Kristen Vaughton on Instagram. To read the show notes or to
0: find out more about fastpacking and bikepacking workshops, visit IntoTheWeHours.com or follow at IntoTheWeHours on Instagram and Facebook. Happy adventuring and we'll talk to you next time.